morning and welcome to Ruunga Seventh-day Adventist Church. Today's sermon is taken by our senior pastor, Lloyd Grolleman. We hope you enjoy today's message. I'd like to welcome you this morning to this program. I'd like to give a very special welcome to our television viewers. Hope and pray that what we look at today from the scripture will lead you closer to Jesus. We're going to look at a very important subject. In fact, if you were to ask a question, this may be the most important question you could ask. How do I get to heaven? And in the next few moments, I want to answer from the Bible that question. It is my prayer that those of you in the church and those of you watching this on television at the conclusion of this Bible study will have no doubts in your mind how to get to heaven. Before we start, I'd just like to invite you to bow your heads as we ask the Lord Jesus to be with us today. Dear Jesus, our Saviour, our God and our friend, we come before you this morning and we ask for your presence in this church. Lord, speak to the people, not just in the church, but watching this on television. And I pray, Lord, that you'll speak through me so that this subject will be clear, easy to understand, and may it be a subject, I pray, God, that the Holy Spirit will convict hearts on and people will make decisions this morning to be in heaven with you, is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I'd like to invite you to open them to Matthew, Matthew chapter 22 and verse 1. And here we have in Scripture one of the clearest, one of the most easy to understand passages telling us how to get to heaven that there is in the entire Bible. And the amazing thing is often we read this story and we do not see what Jesus is really trying to tell us, and that is how to get to heaven. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 1, the story is called the parable of the wedding banquet. Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, Now it amazes me that when I read scripture, especially the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, that Jesus always likes to teach people in stories. He uses stories to illustrate points of truth. A parable is a story. And here Jesus tells a story, and this story illustrates how you can get to heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. Now, if you look at this story carefully, the king in this story is God the Father. The Son is Jesus Christ. Again, let me remind you, it is a story on how to get to heaven. If you don't know how to get to heaven, if you're not sure how to get to heaven, then this story shows you the way. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. The wedding banquet is heaven itself. So you have a king, you have a son, and that king is putting on a banquet for the son. Let's have a look at verse 3. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. And I want to tell you that since the beginning of the world and the fall of man, God has been sending his servants faithful men and women to invite the lost of this world to the kingdom of heaven. In fact, I'm a preacher. I've been a preacher for 18 years. One of my primary tasks is to invite people who are lost, 
people who do not know Jesus, people who do not know about heaven. My role, and dare I challenge you in the church this morning, your role is to share with the lost and to invite them to come to heaven. And that's what happens. God sends his servants and the Bible says they are invited, but people refuse to come. And I've got to tell you that after 18 years going into 19 years of ministry, it has, had, it has been my experience that in most cases when people are invited to the kingdom, when people are invited to let Jesus into their heart, when people are invited to, to, to allow Jesus to save them so that when he comes they can live with him for eternity, most people, sobering as it is, refuse the invitation. And the Bible says here, the Bible says here that since the beginning of the world, when men and women are invited to the kingdom of heaven to be ready for Jesus when he comes, the Bible says right from the beginning, people were refusing to come. And as you listen to this message here in this church, as you listen to this message on television, you make sure that you're not one of those people when you are invited who refuses to come. Verse 4. Then the king, God, sent some more servants. And he said, tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. Here you've got an illustration of God inviting the human race down through the ages of history, inviting them to accept him as a saviour and to be ready for him when he comes again. What's the response by most? Verse 5. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. And you know, that's what's happening even in the world today. I find as people are invited to allow Jesus into their hearts, as people are invited to this great kingdom that is about to, to come upon this world, to be ready for Jesus when he comes so that they can be found in the kingdom of heaven, I found often that what happens is people are too busy with business, too busy with life, too busy making money, too busy investing to even look at Jesus Christ, too busy with pleasure, too busy with all sorts of things to be ready for Jesus when he comes. And they do not accept the invitation. Verse 5 says, but they paid no attention and went off one to his field, another to his business. The rest, listen to this, and this has been the experience down through the ages of history. The rest seized his servants, mistreated and killed them. The king was enraged. What is so obnoxious about inviting someone to be ready for Jesus to come? What would upset somebody so much that they would want to kill you? And, and yet, do you know that throughout history, it has been the norm for God's servants when they have gone out into the world and invited people to be ready for Jesus when he comes. It has been the norm for them to face persecution. It has been the norm for them to face imprisonment. It's been the norm for them to be tortured. It's been the norm for them to die for their faith. For no other, for no other reason than they are inviting people to come to the kingdom. And often they receive a hostile response. Verse 7, the king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. And there is no doubt that many nations that have rejected God have suffered as a result because of that. Verse 8, Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. 
Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. This is a last call. God says, right, the wedding banquet is ready. Jesus is about to come. The world is about to end. This is an urgent call now. He said, this is the last call, the last chance. Go out, go out into all the world and invite the entire world to the wedding banquet. You see, and this is the truth, Jesus wants to save you. He is not willing that any should perish. And this great call to heaven, this great call to God's kingdom is to go to the whole world, Matthew 24, 14, to the whole world and then the end will come. This television program is a part of that great call. Some of you are watching this on television for the first time. Some of you have been watching this program for many months. It doesn't matter. It is a call by God to you to come into his kingdom. And it's not a difficult thing to accept Jesus Christ. It's as simple as getting on your knees, opening up your heart and saying, Jesus, I am a sinner. Please come inside me and save me. And when you pray that prayer, Jesus will hear it and he will do it. And so this call comes out to you today. Let Jesus into your heart. This is the last great urgent call. This, this television program is a ministry to tell the world about the soon coming of Jesus. About the fact that Jesus wants to come into your heart. Then he said to his servants, verse 8, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. Verse 9, Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. Verse 10, So the servants went out into the street and gathered all the people they could find, both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. Notice that when it comes to heaven, the Bible here says that the invitation goes to good and bad. To good and to bad. It's interesting as a pastor that I've gone out to do Bible studies and to lead people to Jesus. And through the years, some of the people that I have done these Bible studies are good. They are good, upstanding, righteous individuals. They are honest. They are faithful to their wives and husbands in marriage. They are good to their children. They pay their taxes. These are good people and it is a pleasure to do bible studies with a good person and to bring them to jesus some of the people that i have studied with are bad people i remember studying with one young man before i started bible studies with him he owned two and i don't know how to say this but but places of ill repute prostitution houses he was running drugs he was a criminal he had a record longer than your arm. And it was an amazing thing. You see, the call, God doesn't care whether you are good or bad. God doesn't care whether you've gone far from him or you're still reasonably close to him. If he is not in your heart, he will come. He's inviting you. So you may feel bad this morning. That's fine. God loves you. God is inviting you. You may feel you're a good person. You still need to allow Jesus into your heart. And it was an amazing thing for me to watch this man who, who, who you know, you look at him, he was so bad. He was a drug runner. He was into prostitution. He was into crime. He was in trouble with the police. He was, he, he was probably one of the low of the low. And yet it was an amazing thing to give to him the call to be ready for Jesus and to see Jesus come inside him and turn that man's life upside down. And to this day, he, he works for the Lord. 
He's in the church, lives on the Gold Coast, and, and having an, an amazing, amazing life. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, both good and bad, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king, and this is really the, the crucial climax of the story, but when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. Friend, he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are invited but few are chosen. Remember, we are looking today at how to get to heaven. Now, if I was to read that to you again and ask you, how do you get to heaven? I wonder what the answer to that question would be in your heart. Verse 11, but the king came in to see the guests. He noticed a man who was not wearing wedding clothes. Look at this very carefully. Friend, he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Here's the question. How do you get to heaven according to this story? How do you get to heaven? You need to have wedding clothes. Look at the story. This man was there. He did not have on wedding clothes. And look what happens. And the king told the attendant, tie him hand and foot. What a way to be evicted from a wedding. And throw him outside into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This man had on no wedding clothes. And he was figuratively, symbolically, I guess, thrown out of heaven. If you've got wedding clothes, you're in heaven. If you've got no wedding clothes, you're not in heaven. So my question is, what are these wedding clothes? Because they are crucial to being in heaven. If you've got your Bibles, I'd like to invite you to turn to Isaiah. Let me tell you what the wedding garment is not. Isaiah 64 verse 6. And I suspect this was what this poor man was wearing in the wedding and why he got thrown out. Isaiah 64 verse 6. All of us have become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous acts, that's all the good things we do, are like filthy rags. Isn't that amazing? All our righteous acts are like filthy rags. What does that make our unrighteous acts? Let me tell you something this morning. You cannot earn your way to heaven through righteous or, God forbid, unrighteous acts. There's nothing that you can do that is good enough for you to get to heaven. Perhaps that man had on his righteous acts. Perhaps that was his clothing in the wedding, in the story. His righteous acts. The Bible says your righteous acts to God. In other words, if you think you're going to earn your way to heaven, are like filthy rags. You can't get this if you do not get anything else this morning. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot earn your way to heaven. No matter how good you are, you cannot be good enough to get to heaven. Isn't that amazing? In fact, that should be good news for most of you because most of us realise that our actions and that our behaviour is never going to be good enough. Look, the Protestant Reformation was built on this truth that we do not get to heaven by our own behaviour. 
We cannot be good enough. We cannot behave good enough to get into heaven. When the Lord looks at our behavior, he sees filthy rags. I'm a pastor. I try to do the right thing. Guess what? At night times when I could be home with my family, I go out and I do Bible studies with people leading them to Jesus. Is that a righteous act? You better believe it. But if I think I'm going to get to heaven by doing Bible studies with people, I better think again because the Bible says those righteous acts to God as far as getting to heaven are like filthy rags. I gave up a business. I had 21, 22 people working for me, making good money. 20 years ago, a building business. It was a righteous act, I think it was, to give up that business and go to college and become a pastor. I certainly don't get paid today like I was back then. A righteous act. But if I think I'm going to go to heaven... Because I'm a pastor and I gave up money in the past, I'm dreaming to God. It's like a filthy rag. I go to church every week. Is that a good act? You better believe it. It's a good thing to go to church. I do my Bible study. I pray every day. Good acts? Yes, they are. Are they going to get you to heaven? No, they're not. No matter how good you are, you cannot go to heaven by being good. And you know what? It's an unfortunate thing because it's ingrained into our mind. Very unfortunate. But even deep down inside, we tend to think that we can. And so we work and we strive and we try to be good so that when we die or so that when Jesus comes, we're ready for him. We can waste a whole lifetime trying to be good and miss the whole point of what Jesus says you need to do to get to heaven. So if your righteous acts are like filthy rags, they're the filthy rags this guy's wearing as he walks into that wedding feast and he gets thrown out. If, if you can't get to heaven by being good, well, how do you? We'll turn back to Isaiah 61. I love this text. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. Now listen to this. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. Whose righteousness? Jesus Christ. Now look at this. When I get on my knees and I say, Dear Lord, I am a sinner. Come into my heart. The moment I pray that prayer, God hears me. He comes down and it's like Jesus comes up to me and he puts his arms around me. He completely envelops me. So that when God, in the judgment, looks at Lloyd Grolleman, because I'm completely immersed in Jesus, he doesn't see Lloyd Grolleman. Who does he see? He sees Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and Jesus is perfect. And Jesus never had any sin. That's the robe of righteousness. When I ask the Lord into my heart, and he comes in, he completely envelops me in himself and all God can see is Jesus and Jesus is perfect. And he says, hey, Lloyd, you are perfect. Whose perfection is it? Jesus Christ. Come into the kingdom. It is that simple. And I want to leave you with that beautiful thought. I remember studying with a young man one day. I remember watching as I made that call to him. I said, man, it's as simple as asking Jesus to come into your heart. And he got down in the dust of the workshop we're in. 
and he invited Jesus into his heart. This guy was on drugs. He wasn't running prostitution dens, but he was using prostitutes. He was an alcoholic. He was in all sorts of trouble. But he, as he asked Jesus into his heart, he was, this man was a bad man. But as he asked Jesus into his heart, Jesus come down. Jesus wanted to save him. Jesus loved him. And Jesus put his arms around him. And from that moment onwards, when God looked at this man, he didn't see the man with the drugs and the prostitution and the alcohol. He saw Jesus and he saw him as perfect. And he was saved. And that's how you get to heaven. Why do I keep the law? I keep the law because I fell in love with Jesus and the law is his character. I want to be like Jesus. That's what happens when this happens to you. You want to be like Jesus. And I want to pray that that will be your experience this morning as you get to know the Lord Jesus Christ and allow him into your heart. Let's pray. Jesus, we are sinners. And yet this great call has gone out for us to come to the wedding feast. Sometimes we think we can earn our way to heaven. God, rebuke that thought in us and help us to see clearly that the only way to get to heaven is to invite you into our hearts, to allow you to put your arms around us and to allow you to stand in our place in the judgment. May that be the experience of each person in this church and each person watching this on television. This morning I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.